Welcome to We Pot a Zoo, the podcast about the 2011 film We Bought a Zoo. I'm Zach, and today I'm joined by my good friend. They're a comedy writer. You might know them from their Twitter at mpopetweets and their work at Forever Dog. It's Megan Pope. Hello. Welcome to We Pot a Freaking Zoo. I'm so freaking amped <laughs> to be here. I went through so much watching this film for the first time last night. <laughs> Uh, uh what yeah, yeah so what what were you yeah how did you feel watching this movie i mean cause it's it's interesting because i literally just recorded an episode with somebody who i found out that like they had seen it when it came out and so it, this was like revisiting the movie for them and like oh, wow. it was like a whole journey but this is like this was your first time watching the movie yeah, I, I actually, in, in telling other people that I was going to watch it, I found that a lot of people in my life have seen it and did see it, like, when it came out. Oh, um, shit. Yeah, first of all, the credits start, I see Aline Broch McKenna yeah. was a, co-wrote this, and I love The Devil Wears Prada, I love Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, um, but I was just, you know, I didn't, I had no idea, I was stunned by her range, this feels like a kind of... A departure in some ways. Well, but then obviously as the movie went on, I was like, oh, I see. I, I get it. There are I, hints. Some of these... There are hints yeah. of her work. The, the thing is, is that like she wrote the original script and there's, I don't know if it's online anywhere, but Ca when Cameron Crowe was brought on to direct it, he rewrote it. So she oh. still gets the credit, but it's not her final script. So I don't know um, like how much DNA from her script is still in it. That's so interesting. Okay. Okay. That... Yeah. That makes a lot of sense just because I was like, oh, I feel like from what I know about her, just based on like interviews I've listened to, she's very particular about certain things that I feel like I watched the film and I was like, uh, would this conversation, she, mm. she let this, she let this go in the film? <laughs> I, did she, she wrote this? I don't know. Um, but yeah, overall it was a, it was a fun night and I just kept pausing to like Google things and write, write things down. And uh, that's the best way to watch a movie, I think, is to stop and start and take notes. Oh, like a million. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Christopher yeah. Nolan, when he's when he's like, I, <laughs> the best way to watch Tenet is stopping and starting on your iPhone while you Google stuff on your computer. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Lights on. Lights on. <laughs> Every light in your house on. <laughs> you're yes. on the you're also on the phone with your mom the whole time. Oh, She's yeah. asking questions about the movie. Yes, talking over talking over every other line. Yeah. You have to use context clues to kind of understand what's going on. I mean, honestly, with his stuff, that's like, <laughs> honestly, that that's probably given his sound mixing. It probably sounds better if your mom's talking over it. Oh, okay. come at me, Nolan. This is a roast battle. I'm going to kick Christopher Nolan's ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but yeah, I mean, I we talked a little bit, but I like was looking for gay themes or undertones right throughout this thing. And the first thing I, like, the movie came out in 2011. Yeah. The gay marriage wasn't passed until 2015. So that's important to know going in. So right. before I went in, I was like, all right, let's get the timeline sorted. So any queer representation was like, even a hint of it is radical. Yeah. I, I, I think, I mean, we can, we'll, we'll get into it, but I think they, if it's there, it was, you know significantly buried absolutely yeah because well, it was almost illegal i know they were being really careful that's what i'm saying they're being really careful yeah. about it the supreme court was watching uh, <laughs> watching them uh a lot of people don't know this but there was like the Hayes code in the 30s and in the 2010s there was the gays code and you couldn't yes you couldn't make a movie that was too gay um yes. and i know what you're thinking there's plenty of queer cinema yeah that was all illegal they wouldn't they tell you this. They all got arrested. <laughs> they all got arrested. It was all politically charged. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, oh, God. This movie is just so not gay, but it, also no. 
but also there are beautiful, beautiful little gems. Yeah. Um, yeah. I will, we'll talk about that before we get into it, uh, like really into it. I want to kind of ask about your personal zoological journey. Oh, yeah. Cause this is a movie about zoos and the purchasing thereof. And so I'm wondering like when you were a kid or an adult, like, like, was there ever like a zoo experience that stuck out to you? Did you go to a zoo and, and meet an animal? Aqua- yeah. Aquariums count too, if you don't have a zoo Oh, story. aquariums were huge. Uh, there's a little zoo near, uh, there's a, there was a little zoo in Palo Alto. I think it's like the Palo Alto something park and zoo. It literally was like a backyard. Like it was the size of a small, like, like of a New York backyard, honestly. <laughs> oh no. And um, yeah, it was, but it, we, we would go there a lot. Uh, and I remember the owl was huge and the fact that it could turn its head all the way around. Oh. I was like, this is awesome. And then I've been to the, the Santa Barbara Zoo was very cool. And that was a lot bigger. I think that was my like first official big zoo experience. But I'd say the the kick, like the, the major animal experience of my childhood was the Monterey Bay Aquarium. Mm. Finding Dory, that aquarium, that, yeah. they based it on that. Oh shit. Uh, and uh, they had a great white shark, like a baby great white shark at one point. That doesn't seem that they, safe. They rescued it and then they like it. Uh, they like tagged it and released it back into the wild. Uh-huh. But I remember driving up there and being like, whoa, it's a great white shark. That's yeah. awesome. I've never been to that aquarium. It's very cool that you got in on the ground floor before they fucking corporatized it and made it a <laughs> Pixar movie. I know, classic Pixar just taking over our aquariums and <laughs> making them animated and putting a Ellen DeGeneres fish in them. Oh, um, yeah, they ru- they ruined that aquarium by associating it with Ellen. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, no, it was really cool. If you ever go to Monterey, truly, like, honestly, check it out. My, um, my great uncle was like a docent there uh, before he passed away. He was like oh, really, whoa. really into that that place so damn um, did he have did he have fish of his own i don't i don't actually think he had fish of his own when i knew him like in his uh monterey like apartment Hmm. but maybe he just went you know down the street to the the big (laughs) he's like i don't fucking need fish (laughs) he's like i got a whole planet of fish right right around the corner (laughs) those are basically Um, my fish at at this point (laughs) yeah yeah, that place was awesome. I want to go back. I hope that it's doing okay during COVID. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't... I remember um, in Japan during COVID, there was some... There was an aquarium that like had a bunch of uh, eels. Do you remember this? Maybe. This was like right at the beginning of COVID and they had a bunch of eels and they were like, the eels are... If we don't desensitize them to human presence, the eels will never come out of their habitat again. So what oh. we need... What they did is like they set up a bunch of computers in front of the eel habitat and you could call like you could zoom in and just like chill in front of the eels so that they didn't lose their like comfort level of being around humans. That's awesome. I want to zoom an eel. I tried to. And then I was like, wait, the time difference is insane. And uh, the aquarium was very closed when I called. Uh, oh my god but i i fucking like that's a that's a cool idea i hope that they're okay during covid i hope all aquariums are okay during covid except for sea world yeah yeah i hope hope most zoos are okay okay this is we might get into this i'm sure Mm -hmm. you've probably already talked about this to other people but after watching tiger king i feel like i was like so uncomfortable during this movie because i was like are zoos like like these tigers and these lions i just are these animals okay and like yeah, he tries to make the bear enclosure bigger because he has that like one moment with the bear. But yeah. like, it, I don't know. That was sort of lo- that was like underlying cringe throughout. Was like, are zoos should we be celebrating zoos? So I don't think that this movie grapples with that question at all. Like, it's so interesting because there is that one moment of like, yeah, the Buster needs a bigger enclosure. Uh, because he deserves to be free, but we're not going to free him. But like the the <laughs> the movie does not at all grapple with that question of like the morality of a zoo. And like I've talked about this before, where like there's a difference between a zoo that's like for profit and like an animal sanctuary that makes it clear that like all of the animals are there to be rehabilitated or yes. otherwise cared for or you know catch and release type things of like. Um, for 
scientific study or whatever. But if the zoo exists purely because we have a bunch of animals and we're going to charge people to look at them, which seems to be the case in the zoo. Yes, uh, absolutely. Of the we zoo bought a zoo. The, the titular zoo. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that this zoo is probably not... Uh, I'm making like a face right now. It's like... It's, not... it's probably not uh, kosher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. No, I felt that way as well. I, I in Florida near where my grandparents used to live, there was like a version of Sea World. It wasn't Sea World, but it was like every every single animal was in rehab, and that right. to me felt very okay. And you know, they're still profiting off of these animals, I guess, pain or whatever. But at least it's like some sort of like reserve, like. Right, but then you have to imagine that, like, whatever money they raise is going towards caring for the animal's rehabilitation true, in a true, way true. that, okay, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the this, the money no. here is, like, <laughs> all right, so we got... We're gonna buy another box of snakes. Yes, and it's, like, so the people of the town can come and, like... Yeah. Look at them. Also, they, they literally at the end of the movie, they're, like, do you like people or animals better? And they're, like, people. Like, <laughs> Like, I just, like, literally, like, at least Tiger King was, like, I like my tigers better than people. Right. Like, at least, I don't know. Maybe t- maybe yeah, Tiger so, King should have owned the zoo, is what we're saying. Uh, literally, that's all I could think about for a lot of it. Yeah. And also, you know, of course, trans icon Scarlett Johansson. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, we, we're going to talk about the queer representation of this movie. She doing so much in this, doing so much kind of, like, behind the scenes, subtle, subtle work here. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I mean, she can she can play anyone. She can, she can play, play any- anything. She was one of the tigers in the background. <laughs> yeah, you didn't she, notice. Actually, it was like Tom Hanks on the Polar Express. Like she actually played a lot of the different characters. <laughs> yeah, very very Cloud Atlas. Like every scene, yes. there was like she was one of the characters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's oh. a fucking that's a fucking trans movie. If we want to talk about Cloud Atlas, but I mean, that movie's also problematic <laughs> as hell. So. <laughs> And this one has no problems. This is actually this an incredible... one's great. This one, there's nothing wrong with we bought a zoo at all, actually. <laughs> well, it's literally gonna be the poll quote in the press for those podcasts. <laughs> it's <laughs> Zach. There's nothing wrong with we bought a zoo at all. Oh, man, do not quote me on that. <laughs> um. All right, should we fucking get into it? Should we? Yes, let's get into it. Now I'm gonna be thinking about my zoo experiences too. Oh yeah, if if anything comes to you, just fucking launch into it sorry yeah i'm i'm all over the place i'm, I'm querying the the narrative of this podcast <laughs> by being like let's jump into okay yes i will bring stuff back for sure but yeah let's get into it i'm so curious about your thoughts also how many times have you watched this movie now um uh, many so this is like okay. uh, you know sometimes I, i'll record episodes back to back so it's not like i don't rewatch the movie in between them but this is you know the 14th episode that i'm recording so that's at least seven or eight times that i've seen the film Maybe nine. Uh, it's a, it's, uh, you know, I, it's, <laughs> there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot. There's a lot there's to a unpack. Lot. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it depends on, on kind of how you want to approach this conversation, whether you want to go chronologically through the film. Like, I don't know how you, how you took your notes, but like we can go chronologically through the film um, or we can like focus on more specific beats that are maybe like at the at the forefront of this conversation yeah i guess i I did take them chronologically and they're really um spastic notes but uh, (laughs) i guess i could just go over like some of the stuff and then we can uh you know if anything really stands out we can dive into the specifics yeah let's do that a lot of it is like me being like jamba juice mentioned that's queer like some things i like was just like you know really digging for anything yeah um so First of all, I think Matt Damon's haircut is like kind of gay at the beginning. Yeah. I, this is what I wrote. I wrote because you know the beginning montage where he's like, "I do adventures." Yeah. It's like, okay, re- being a writer is gay. Bees are gay. Killer bees are straight though. <laughs> His hair is gay, but he's too brave because he talks to dictators. This right. Is my, uh, and at the same time, he's obsessed with chaos and trauma, which is gay. Mm-hmm. And he always says he loves the word exotic. He knew the ins and outs of strange and exotic adventures. Like, right. And also it's like, okay, single father, raising kids, like doing some domestic work. But then he, which to me is like, okay, it reads a little bit queer. But he's also but like very bad at it. 
oh, absolutely. And he's like, I want you to have eggs, man. You need your protein. Yeah, and he doesn't. Like, okay. And he doesn't listen when Dylan says that he can't have gluten because glu- gluten. Yeah, and so if he was if he if he was gay, then he would be okay. Then he would have gluten free stuff ready. I feel like for sure, Dylan. I that is a queer character. Dil- yeah, Dylan. Yes. Yeah. I mean. Like a soft boy, angsty male artist. Yeah. And we can get into the actual actor because I do. I like deeply, deeply stalked the actor. Oh, really? Um, I don't know anything about this kid. Okay, okay, okay. Well, okay, first, um, the credits. So that happens on the credits roll. I see Aline Brush McKenna. I'm like, oh, interesting. Um, Devil Wears Prada. Right. That's, you know, whatever, not gay. And then I'm like, okay, music by someone named Jonesy. Jonesy's very gay. Okay. Yeah. Googled absolutely an actual gay could be the actual only gay person who worked on this film <laughs> i i went through like the producers and a lot of the other actors and yeah. a lot of them are you know divorced but like that's kind of that's kind of it yeah jonesy had this like article that came out in 2019 where he finally talked about his lover mm-hmm. and his like musical partner they're separated now unfortunately after 16 years damn i didn't know but, that yeah and but i i was like oh thank god like the mu- at least like there actually is a gay person who who wrote the music for this <laughs> film, which obviously plays a pivotal role. Anyway, okay. Um but yeah, so that was my first like credits role and I've already gone through that journey. Mm-hmm. Um I found one real gay person that worked on this film. Yeah. What oh, what did you find out about Dylan, the actor? Oh, okay. Yes. So I sorry, this is later in my notes, but basically he's on IMDB's list of young gay actors. He's like number 30-something on IMDb's list of young gay actors. However, his Instagram, there's no trace of gay, which is fine. Mm -hmm. Some people, you know, they want to be like palatable. But I was like, interesting that he's on this list. And then there's like a bunch of other articles that are like Colin Ford, which is his name, is not gay, even though he has been the center of multiple gay rumors. He has had many girlfriends, which have made the rumors defunct. What the hell? Uh, and it's like this whole article about how he's not gay and it's like very aggressive. And, and there's a lot of these. And so it's it's actually kind of impossible to know. Um, incredible actor. Well, can be angsty, can burst into tears. Yeah. I loved him. I, he was, I mean, to me, I was most invested. Okay, Rosie is amazing. Yes, she's, a, she's great. She's, yeah. she's amazing. But yeah, I was, I think I was like most gravitating towards him in this film i think i mean i think that is intentional i mean like i i relate a lot to that kid i was also like a an angsty little art boy with a bad haircut so like (laughs) i was like in high school that was like me and i i get him a lot i think that like some of the writing and acting choices are wonky but I think that him, his relationship with Matt Damon is like the center of the movie. Like that's like the core emotional weight of the movie. For sure. And I tweeted about this, but I love how they have emotional conversations and then it's like, boom, cut to llamas. Yeah. Boom, cut to ostrich. They have like a blowout screaming fight. And then the next shot is literally a kangaroo. Like, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's um, the, the structure and pacing of this movie is absolute nonsense it doesn't know what it wants to be i mean we've talked about this before it doesn't know what it wants to be and so it like has all of these like whimsical zoo montages and then it's like and then it's like we're dealing with the emotional weight of the death of my wife and we don't know how to move on and and she haunts me and then it's like jonesy song here comes the lion and it's like oh all right (laughs) here comes the lion yeah in in that way i mean it does sort of like break the mold of this. Like I thought it was going to be one of those very shiny, like commercial films kind of in a way, but mm-hmm. like with those cuts of the animals and like some of the departures from your, your normal, like polished package narrative thing. I'm like, Oh, this is sort of like queer art housey. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know if moment. I go that far. <laughs> okay. I was really, really <laughs> wanting it to be more than it was. <laughs> But um, okay, yeah, and then I guess the we the thing we can talk about most um, is Scarlet because I think mm-hmm. when she first arrives, I mean she's a Kelly Foster head zookeeper, yeah, like she, that's Dyke. Yeah, she's, she's doing dressed this like a very like like deep voice. One of her, she does this like in a few of her roles, but this is one of where she's like really playing up that like, hey, I'm just a hey, hey I'm just one of the guys, you know. 
Yeah, I'm just one of the guys. I, I like, I don't, I still live with my, with my mother and I don't uh, get to go out with my girlfriends. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then when he screams, he's like, go out with your girlfriends. Yeah. God, it's... Uh, also, when he screams, I love you and those patched elbows to his boss. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, we're really just... Oh, uh, God. That's a declaration of, of love between two men, sure. Yeah. Um, oh, and he, I mean, yeah. he says he loves his brother. I don't think that counts, but... Yeah, I don't think that can... The, the brother, <laughs> I, can't, I can't even get into that. <laughs> we know... Okay, we can say... I think we can say with confidence, based on what we know about him, that he's probably slept with men in his life. Yeah yes yeah yes she's always like sheila yeah sheila la 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 it's like okay you're you're really fixated on sheila um also that food they eat at the restaurant looks good as fuck i would just say it was just like eggs wasn't it like wasn't it just like a it breakfast was, yeah but i think it was more like a breakfast burrito thing like there's also this the use of spanish in this film i'm not the right person to speak on this but i was thrown where he was just like gracias lupe uh, like <laughs> yes and then when he says goodbye he's like have fun in mexico adios yeah, to the oh woman God. who works at the zoo nightmare um truly bizarre but yeah so so scarlet or kelly foster yeah it's like um my brief marriage was a cage <laughs> yeah and i was like okay also like all the like weirdos that like in that every time they're in the bar i'm like this is a gay bar or like the little like <laughs> yeah you know yeah, he's yeah. like talking about killing the old white guy boomer they have like monkeys on their heads they wear scarves it's called the it's called the jaguar i mean that's pretty gay yeah oh and then scarlet's like it's called chuffing yeah. and then they're like duh, 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 and i'm like what oh, is happening oh wait th- this is another segment that i do on the show let me hear your best uh chuff god i don't even remember what they did it's like it's like <laughs> That was a slay. When Scarlet says chuffing, I'm like, that's gay. That's that you're being, oh God. But I don't know. But then it's like, then it's so painfully straight. Because like, God, the way they look at each other, when she like keeps turning around and on her way to the car, like they're just And she does these like little smirks always. Oh God. When she, she, he like loses his shit. Like he has like that rage fit where he's like over by the barrels and he knocks one over and she's like attracted to it and smiling. I'm like, that's so straight. Like being attracted to a fit of like male rage she was in fairness she wasn't attracted to the rage she was attracted to the fact that he picked the bucket back up (laughs) yeah okay that's true but that's still pretty straight is the idea of like doing damage and then smoothing it over and then being like impressed that you smoothed it over no she wants a man that can pick her barrels back up (laughs) because she's never had that because she lives with her mother her brief marriage was a case well do we know that she was married to a man it doesn't we don't she doesn't say that's oh so wait, but true. it was 2011, so she probably she couldn't have been married. Oh, absolutely. Okay. okay. So it had... and she didn't say like my brief domestic partnership, right? Or, like, yeah. You know. Oh fuck! But she does deal with a lot of meat when she's like teaching him how to tie up the meat. I'm like, and we're back to like, butch queen. Yeah. Like, oh, literal. Lit- hey, li- literal <laughs> butcher. Okay, a little butcher queen. <laughs> uh, Scarlett Johansson, butch queen. Honestly, her voice is gay, and I've always thought that. There's mm-hmm. a lot of quote-unquote straight women in the Hollywood world right now who have gay voice in a way that's like, what a waste. Who who else are you thinking of? <laughs> Florence Pugh. Mm. Um, that was right, sort of just at the top. Yeah. Well, I think a lot about her in general feels not straight and then you're like oh but zach braff oh, that's unfortunate yeah but that's a queer relationship in the pejorative <laughs> original original pejorative sense of the term i've always said that no offense <laughs> one day i might meet them and literally like all my tweets are like fuck this relationship i mean fuck the relationship because he's like 70 years old or whatever yeah yeah, and again, actually, that's something, too, that's a little bit different of this film is the age difference between Matt Damon and Scarlett. Because doesn't she, or Kelly, doesn't she say she's 20? She's 28, and we never know how old Matt Damon is, but we, I think we can assume that he's, like, late 30s, early 40s. Right. Yeah, true. He never says his age. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's straight, is is lying by omission and not, not telling her how old he is oh for sure yeah for sure but yeah those are all my literally okay that's it i I went through my little summary that's all my notes i had there's one ensemble member well there's the icon queen in the pink hat who you've told me now is the director's mother yes. who's feeding the parrot yes which is the gayest part of this film queer icon pink cat she is never named in the film and at the <laughs> end she's like giving out balloons at the park I know. but like 
literally that was just like cameron crow was like hey mom do you want to be the lady in the movie and then she just like is in the ensemble for the rest of the film it's so beautiful i literally had to rewind and take a screenshot when she was feeding the parrot in that all pink outfit i was like this is the best part of the film and then and then there's a a more standard so she's like queer icon Mm -hmm. you know sort of like your your like your share your ariana of the film and then there was the background person who also was never addressed but work definitely was in the jaguar scenes and banged on the pots and pans for the tiger and she's always wearing sort of like a news boy yes hat i know exactly who you're talking about yeah and flannel and i took a screenshot of her as well because she really is coded queer i mean look uh l fanning is wearing it's l right yeah. i confuse l and dakota okay. yeah l fanning's wearing like beanies and like kind of they're, they're doing like the a farm. lot of knit sweaters for her yeah um yeah. like a lot of pullovers and cardigans just a lot of like taylor swift evermore i guess Mm -hmm. or folklore Mm -hmm. which one is the is the more folklore folklore okay yeah yeah. um woodsy woodsy queen woodsy queen yeah so you're like okay but clearly in love with uh dylan yeah unfortunate maybe she's bi yeah i mean they all could be bi but Mm. yeah but no this background actor who perhaps was cast in headlines and then they cut them all because really she's in a lot of scenes Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, she's always wearing a sort of gay theater lesbian hat and a flannel and like doing some, some like manual labor. Did you look Um, into her? Did you figure out who she was? You know what? I didn't. Um, and I really want to know her character name. So I'm going to IMDb that really quickly right now. Yeah, let's this is like a fun part of the podcast where we Google (laughs) stuff. Um, and then when you're done with that, I have to talk about the queerness that I have seen in the film. And yes, I need please. your, I need you to to unpack it with me because I've, I've I would love nothing more because I that's really all I have. Yeah, I, it, I've I'm surprised that you haven't touched on what I'm going to bring up, which I've I've mentioned in the, on the podcast before, and I'm excited to have like a full conversation about it because I think that it is the most intentional queer coding in the film. Hmm. But let's I'm I'm, let's see what let's see who this lady is. First. Oh my god! Sorry, I thought I, at first I thought it was this person, but no, that's the dead mom who I wrote. This bitch is getting a lot of airtime. <laughs> well, also like steal photos of her. Like they literally yeah. hired her to be like, let's do a photo shoot, and right. then like look look up at the camera, and I'm like, she made millions just doing that. <laughs> um, no, yeah. it's not Lauren Sanchez. What was, that the, was the TV? What was the budget of this movie? It all went to her. Oh, for sure. Parrot Lady, Alice Marie Crow. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe, is this Sarah Tanner, vet assistant? Je ne sais pas. God, what would you... Okay, not not Nicole Russell, volunteer. These people don't have um, IMDb photos, so it's really hard to tell. Mm. Let's see, let's see. Okay. okay, not visiting family. Definitely not visiting family. But, but a lot of them have the last name Me. M-E. Oh, yeah. So so the three, um, the dad and the two kids who movie is based on have a cameo in the movie they show up at the end oh okay cool yeah that's awesome they, they're like guests at the zoo oh right because they had that like um they had that thing at the end that was like this is based on a true story right and they're gonna get giraffes and they're like, yeah <laughs> they're gonna get giraffes i laughed out loud at that okay we're looking up michelle panic okay actress because there's no photos of her on imdb so it's impossible to tell whether she is whoa um, unclear and then what about this person nicole russell i have a good feeling about this sorry this is a great for a podcast we can definitely cut this this is good audio but this is but no I, i'm not gonna okay, cut any of this beautiful. nicole russell actress sort of i'm gonna google her mm-hmm. images images this is a journey we're no. going on in real time god it's not her i really don't know so who the f- i may have to do a deeper dive later i don't who the know fuck who is this, this woman is. okay when hang on now i'm now i'm going on imdb Okay, you could probably find it. You're you you actually tend to be better at these things than I. You have there's no basis for that statement. Um, no, that's a, it's a gut feeling <laughs> and, uh, based in a history of other you know sort of gut feelings about your technological prowess, your investigative skills. Thank you. All right, so so while I, while I'm going on this adventure now, do you have? Uh, it was Rhonda, Catherine. Right? It wasn't Rhonda. Rhonda was like No, the Rhonda mean was the one. terrible one that we hate. Yeah. Um Yeah. So have have other zoo uh experiences uh come to come to the forefront? Oh, oh, excellent question. Um I 
no palo alto park and zoo monterey bay aquarium santa barbara zoo i probably have been to the san francisco zoo as well but i really don't recall um i didn't animals were not a huge part of my family growing up because my sister had a really really bad fear mm. uh, where like we would literally be in a car and if a dog was on the side of the road she would like scream cry till she like threw up it was bad oh no but, um she's over it now she went to you know phobia center um uh and now she like wants a dog and our, everybody's like interesting because you put our family through <laughs> hell and now you want a dog I f- um but i think that stopped us from going to a lot of animal and zoo experience things just because like uh it did not appeal did not appeal to our family because of my my sister's fears and uh that yeah that makes sense um i don't I, know if we would have made it through the gates i found Did you find i found her her name is sam oh my God. sam fox okay i love that name already uh it's got sam an animal fox. in it which is great sam fox sam fox yes actress no if you do i, I made that mistake you'll get pamela adlon as the first result because she plays a character uh, named sam fox okay oh my god yes i <laughs> i am seeing this but I, it's the red shirt yes girl, yes right? the red shirt girl that's her right that's who you were thinking of yes oh my god her her headshot on imdb it's the worst haircut of the world if you're okay so it, if you're listening to this podcast please it's like the it's like a shaggy bowl cut it's the worst but haircut. it's gay it's very gay oh i hope she's gay in real life okay so she's been in Okay, she plays Allison in We Bought a Zoo. So Allison is a queer character. I'm just saying that. Yeah. Oh, she has some movies that are coming out. Sam. A short film in pre-production. Uh, I wonder if she... Is she on Instagram? Okay, th- this is great. This is investigative. Yes, no, I was actually going to look up her Instagram as well. She's worked in all areas of filmmaking, ranging from... Ranging from... Where does it say? Writing, production, directing, and acting. She developed her own production company, Foxy Films. Whoa. To explore her favorite genre, horror. Ooh, I'm. I like her. I really like her. Okay. Foxy Films. She produced Circus Person, which was selected to Tribeca's 2020 Now Showcase. Okay, I found her on Instagram. She has 4,000 followers. Oh my god. Oh my god. Um, it says here that she spends her time painting, surfing, sailing, and watching psychedelic horror movies and going to the disco. Well, not anymore because of COVID. But her sister okay, beat cancer. We love to see it. Yes. Sam Fox, actress gay. That's what I'm going to look up. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, what I did for What's His Face Ford. Okay. I don't know who this is, but she. Uh, there's a picture of ooh, of her with like another girl picking apples and oranges. This is looking, okay, that... this is looking good for queer Wait, representation. What's her Instagram handle? The other Sam Fox. Oh, right. Because, okay, there's also a gay... Other Sam Fox. Oh. Well, at least when I looked up Sam Fox gay, it was the... That came up. It was a blonde person. Okay. Uh, this is this Fox. is great audio. This is great. No, I know, I know. <laughs> Wait, okay. No, her Instagram photo is so gay. Her Instagram is so gay. Yeah. Or it's like, unfortunately, she's just like a really cool RC straight person. Oh, wait. Who's this that's commenting on all these? Who is it? God, it's like all these LA girls now. It's like, are you gay? It's hard to, it's really hard to tell. Okay, your sister beat cancer. See that post? Mm-hmm. Is this the woods one that you're talking about? No. No, there's one where she's like, like jumping in the air with like some apples and oranges with a girl. Apples and oranges, apples and oranges, apples and oranges. Yes, I see it. Oh, no. It's so, un- oh, yeah. Okay, this is the girl that is commenting on all her photos. Oh, cuties. People say cuties, freshly squeezed. I always check the comments to be like, love my favorite couple. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So who is is this? Kisser is her handle and she comments on all the photos. Let's see if there's one of them together. Interesting. It's impossible to know. (laughs) This is is insane that that this is a journey. I, I, I mean, God, she, the person looks a lot like someone else i know that's gay oh no okay i on kisser's instagram there are photos from the same day where she's like with a guy and kissing her husband oh no her not not sam fox i don't know about sam fox i know but it means that they're not together yeah okay well sam fox the jury's out 
I mean, you know what? When I was watching, I was like, don't get your hopes up because this could just be someone dressed like a theater person mm-hmm. in a zoo environment. Yeah. And... Which is like theater hat and then flannel, I guess. All right. Well, we don't know. I'll follow her on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> please. It's the please, least I'm... I can do after after this, after doing all of this nonsense. Um, yeah, this is actually the, the title of this episode should be Shout Out Sam Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Shout No, the other Sam Fox. <laughs> oh, it'll be in the in the episode description. Okay, so that was like a, a 10 minute detour doing that. So Okay, I, I deeply apologize. This that's is okay. Um, this is, you know, I'll, uh, <laughs> sorry if you listened to all that expecting us to have some kind of revelation at the end or, or definitively realize whether or not, um, oh, mm. This is exactly what Nolan didn't want. Yeah. This is exactly what I do when I watch films. I like <laughs> deeply stalk them to see if they're gay and, uh, Yeah. Um, anyway. All right. So the thing that I wanted to talk about, um, as far as like the queer coding of We Bought a Zoo, which I think is potentially the most like intentional representation is the uh character of walter ferris okay and the fact that he is seemingly flirting with both scarlett johansson and matt damon when he shows up and he also has this very tense relationship with mccready um where he's aware of like the animosity he mentions like i know that i know about the picture of me hanging up in the jaguar like he's like aware but he also as the inspector you'd think would go in and maybe take it down but no he leaves it up if he yeah he likes the attention yeah and then at the Mm -hmm. end when he shows up and like mccready is like drunk as shit they're just like standing in front of each other and they compliment each other's clothes and then they just like oh, yeah. part ways. And like that to me hints at we there's a history between these characters. There's like we know that they hate each other, but it almost feels like were were they at one point closer? Were they more than than right. just a Right. Like when he's trying to burst out the bathroom door and he's like let me out. Yeah. It's like okay, there's history there that's beyond just like uh you know animosity with regard to the zoo and the inspection like there's a personal right because he says that like he says that uh walter ferris like quote unquote like stole his ideas and gave it to another park but like that feels like what motivated that why would he just like do that to mccready somebody who he like respected so to me to me and then also like Mm -hmm. when walter ferris shows up and is like being very like he like you know, he takes out that measuring tape and he's like, it's very phallic. And he like does that like like <laughs> hand motion thing. He's like, I can't get a handle on it. And he's like grabbing yeah. and twisting. It's like, oh my God, I can't get a handle on it. It comes back when Scarlett's like, I can't get a handle yeah. on it. That's so true. And he's just so precise. And that sequence went on for way too fucking long yeah. with him measuring the stuff and picking up the hay. Yeah. It was like performing inspection in a way that I mean, Judith Butler is, quake, is quaking. Also, I did write down, I will say, like the first McCready thing, the weirdos joking about killing the old white guy boomer mm-hmm. is like very queer. Like that whole like, like of that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. so that's what I'm saying. I think that like, I, and you know, this, this plays into like a more, you know, intense conversation about like Hollywood queer coding villains. But I think that like so true. That's so true. Uh, but even he is like not entirely a villain. He's like the closest this movie gets to a villain. But it's also like it's written in a way that feels almost intentional that there is history between him and McCready. So true. And he's an outcast. He's like yeah. He's definitely he drives really fast on the road, compensating <laughs> obviously. He turns around when he's invited to the zoo, and he's like, I don't fraternize. Yeah. yeah. It's like okay, maybe come out every now and then. <laughs> like maybe come like. Out? Maybe oh come out, um yeah that's so true. The the queer villain thing is so mm-hmm. so true, especially the like exaggerated version of the villain like this. Yeah. Um, also, I will say, guy with monkey on his head could easily be gay. We would never know. That's true. Yeah, I mean the monkey could be gay too. She's like yeah, so true. She's like a famous Hollywood monkey. Oh, that monkey was cute. <laughs> when she was like hitting him on the head, and he's like, it doesn't hurt that bad. Yeah. I was like, okay, I love that they left that in the film. Yeah. Oh. That's uh, this movie is like occasionally very charming. Yeah, I was charmed by it in some moments, and then the fucking ending, which we will get to, but yeah. like, 
I just like. Oh I mean, do you want to talk? Do you, like, do, you want, do you want to talk about the ending? I just want to talk about the obviously it's like the movie like you said doesn't know what it wants like it's like the dead mother the the, the son he's like go dig a hole for once like yeah. that whole yelling scene it's like whatever when he like tries to click through the photos and then he finally does and he cries about his dead wife and then he brings them to the restaurant mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, cool. They're going to go in and they're going to eat in the restaurant. And it's going to show that, like, he's moved on. Because, like, before, the brother's like, you got to eat in the restaurant. Yeah, and he, like, couldn't No, he, it. like, tells the whole story. Also, it's like, what is this movie about storytelling? Because he's a writer and he's like, I'm I'm an adventure addict and I like stories. And this is the best one yet. Mm-hmm. And we're living the story. It's like, there's too much happening. Yeah. But at the end, I'm like, first of all, the mother shows up in this. Like, they, like, they see her. Yeah. I just, I really, I just, I didn't need that. I, also, if you're going to have that, don't have the like 7,000 hour long scene before of like you and Scarlett Johansson looking at each other in the zoo. Because mm. it, it just makes it like, it's like, now I'm in love with Scar Joe. Oh, by the way, here's right, my Right, it's like, okay, did you, like, in the process of this healing, and we know healing is not clean, things are messy, mm-hmm. like, not, no, nothing is one thing. However, you kissed... You and your brother's relationship got better. Like, you bought a zoo. You say that one million times. The amount of times that is said in the movie is incredible. <laughs> they say they say it three and a half times. I'm saying the half yeah. because there's one point he's like, "We bought a zoo," and then his brother's like, "We did do that." So I counted that as half yeah. of half of we bought a and zoo. And Rosie's like, "We bought a zoo." She says that twice. Um, I love. We bought I love a Rosie. zoo. I love Rosie. Oh, but yeah. So what's that actress up to do- now? I also did Google her. She's still acting. She also is a runner. Both she and Colin Ford have like Psalms in their, or like Bible passages in their um, bios on Instagram, which is interesting. I did feel that the the movie was religious. Yeah. Like it was with the like, obviously like the catching in and your chest mother passing away. Mm. I like, I don't know, Matt, I could tell that Matt Damon and those two actors were, all three of them were very much of the same like religious alignment mm. you, you know it's interesting when when uh dana was on the show she was talking about like how the entire thing reads as like a noah's ark parable in a way yeah about yeah, like yeah yeah and 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 fucking then there's of course there's like a huge storm at the end then like that clear uh-huh. like mm-hmm. it all like i was skeptical of that reading and then i'm like wait it kind of tracks as a religious thing <laughs> i forgot about the storm also at that point the stakes were like so low or honestly you're like i was like okay the storm's gonna pass yeah. like it's like was anyone worried like why was that sort of sprinkled in there it, they needed so much they, happening. in the last five minutes there were like like three new stakes that get set up and then are immediately resolved it's like just like obstacle obstacle oh yeah. god it's yeah, like are we gonna pass the a... inspection oh wait first it's like it's like are we gonna close the lion cage yeah, we did it. Are we gonna pass the inspection? Yeah, we did it. Yeah. Is the rain gonna stop? Yeah, it is. Where yeah. is everybody? Oh, it's a tree. Are we gonna get rid of the tree? <laughs> yeah, everyone's in the park now. Them <laughs> lifting them all, all over the tree. I was like, oh my god, that's so tiring. Yeah, I was like, I was like, why would I? was like, that's not realistic. No one would stay there to help that many people over a tree to see some animals. And you, you'd think that also there wouldn't be a huge line. Like you'd think that the first person would get there and be like, wait, there's a fucking tree here. All right, let's go. Like, why would there be? A- <laughs> yeah, wait, this is fake. This is fake. We're all pumped. The zoo's not opening. There's a gorgeous new logo, but like they probably just did that for. That was kind of gay. Like to be like, oh, look at my son's drawing. Let's make it a logo the, <laughs> i don't know he's like i'm your fan man good god. Good, good fatherhood is gay yeah i mean it is yeah. god yeah this move this film was unique yeah uh my my question yeah, i think oh uh, go ahead no i was gonna say i just think that's the tension it was like the religious like spiritual blah 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 mm-hmm. with the like weirdo zoo people it's like either make a movie about weirdo zoo people that's so queer or make like a religious blah 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 about religious blah 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 like soul searching straight people but like don't when you when you when you bring them together it's and yeah. then try to like write a straight like love narrative over that or like fatherhood narrative it's like very it's unbelievable and it's it's uh jarring is what it is it is it's so yeah it's so jarring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. My my question to you is, I guess, like, if you could rewrite this movie and recast this movie, what would you do to turn it into 
like a queer art house film like what would your yes ideal like new narrative of we bought a zoo as like okay yes um i mean first of all not no not scarlett johansson sorry trans icon uh, sorry, scarlett no. johansson i'm sorry that she has to go um I, there can be trans in this film mm. um you know uh uh, I can even make an appearance, but uh, there, there's no Scarlet. No, I think, I think the zookeeper thing has to be like Leah Delaria level butch, <laughs> like insanely butch. Knows so much about animals. Mm-hmm. Like, is also not like, oh, my life is like happy and grounded at that zoo with their like group of weird queer people. And like, the elf, the elf character could still be there. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, in a dream world. If we wanted to mirror this film, I, I do think it's kind of fucked up. It's like, oh, this is my cousin, and like he falls for the cousin, and the dad falls for the yeah. That's a little too close for comfort. But if we're still keeping that, it's like obviously gay. Like Ella's either another young artsy boy, mm-hmm. or or it's like two queer kids that kiss through a window because that is amazing, and that is art house. <laughs> and um, and then it makes more sense that they're like drawing, but they got to draw out like even weirder shit Mm. and obviously the instead of the and then the logo of the of the park is like a picasso like lion like it's not yeah it's it's like it's like like more fragmented and like yeah it's like more artsy and then obviously matt damon's character is another either another another butch lesbian that had never had to take care of their kids before and now has to Mm. and so sort of is like dealing with that like inherent like masculinity femininity problem and then obviously meets the leah delaria character and they like i it just needs to be more gritty more mud and the matt damon character that's now a lesbian or whatever some sort of like queer not a man just fi- so- someone uh, who not a cis man somebody who finally matches the haircut that they gave matt damon absolutely yeah absolutely yes and and there's like down and dirty in the zoo and like the reason why the brother doesn't really talk to them is because of like the whole, the gay of it all. But then the brother comes and is like, I'm actually gay too. Oh. Um, and like the whole thing is like the primal, like animal, you know, like mm-hmm. love who you want to love, like take care of each other. And it's not like, who do you like better people or animals? It's more of just like, we're all spectrumy, you know, yeah. moving through life. And also, I don't think there would be cages, I'm sorry, enclosures as much. <laughs> I think it would be more of like a rescue park and yes. stuff because like we don't fuck with binaries. We don't fuck with uh, boxes. Yep. Everything is way messier, but Rosie is still her iconic self. The only through line is Rosie. Exactly. The exactly. Same. Is the Matt... Da- okay, so who who plays the Matt Damon role? So we can we can put a face <sighs> to, the, to the character. I'm so torn because I hate when it's like this like wispy femi person and then like your classic like you know butch lesbian mm. i mean and they can't say like ruby rose or something because she's too commercial i would love a trans person but i'm like okay who right yeah who, fit, who i think fits. it's a new breakout star yeah. oh. i think it's a new breakout star i think it's a new breakout star okay i love that so yeah new breakout star um potentially megan pope Okay, potentially me, potentially me, <laughs> potentially me. Um, I don't know. It's a, it's a, that's a meaty role. I could see, also, I could, I don't hon- know if I, honestly, I could see you in the Dylan role. Oh, I would love to be in the, D- Dylan is who I identify yeah. with. Um, and then yes. you get to kiss Elle Fanning. I mean, I also had to look up because I, com- I confused Dakota and Elle. I had to look up if Elle or Dakota was the one that kissed Kristen Stewart in the Runaways and it was Dakota, not Elle. Oh, damn. Great movie if you want to watch them kiss for two seconds. I, I have not... I don't know anything about this movie. Um, Kristen Stewart plays Joan Jett. Whoa, okay. And Elf, uh, Dakota Fanning plays another musician that is in a lesbian relationship with Joan Jett, kind of. But they only kiss once for two seconds. They they kiss like... Or there's like that whole tension. I mean, again, I think it was like 2013. So it was know. still illegal at the time. It was still illegal. There were so many films made with gay that during during that illegal time yeah was was it legal i my like sense of time and history is all fucked was it legal i feel like it was legal in california before it was legal in the oh country, yeah because right? prop eight because prop eight was like what 20 because that means that like because this movie takes place in california so wait this is california this is california interesting 
Where is it supposed? How did I not know that? And where is it supposed to be in California? I, I I don't know if it's ever specified. Although I did learn that apparently Little Dom's. This is also from Dana. Apparently Little Dom's is a real restaurant in like oh. outside of L.A. So like it's not okay outside of yeah. Oh, interesting. For some reason, I was like, this is like I just don't associate California with like that much space. Right, but it's like some some. This feels like a weird sentence. Rural California. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, you don't, yeah, you yeah. don't. I mean, no, Central California probably. Mm. Um, it's like there's a lot of agriculture and stuff, and there's more space. Um, Prop Eight was in two thousand eight. Yeah, okay, so they could have, like... there could have been gay characters. So wait, oh wait, that means that Scarlett Johansson could have been married. Sorry, yeah, could have been married to a woman prior. Right. Okay. Although we wouldn't love that representation because she said it's like a cage. But hey. Yeah. You know what? Actually, that is good representation because not every gay marriage is great. Yeah. And we need that representation too, you know? All right, Scarlett. <laughs> I just like go through every emotion with her. It's like, all right, you're growing on me. Okay, I hate you. Okay, yep. you make me uncomfortable. Okay, you're actually great. And then, and then I just remember that she's married to Colin Jost and I feel so terrible. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Um... Anytime I think about celebrities being married, here I go. <laughs> I, I just think about, like, them having a conversation mm. in a bedroom. Not, like, sexual. Just, like, what does their life... What could they possibly have a conversation about? And then what would that look like? I want to be on a fly on... I want to be a fly on the wall of, like, them just, like, sitting and having a conversation. Not an anxiety-ridden one. Not, like, an angsty one. Not, like, a movie one. Like, what do they talk about? I can't, like... Like, today at work, I had to give Brad Pitt a hand job. I don't know. I, right like i don't and that I was Col- and that was colin jost they... talking by the way oh of yeah. course of course i no i just like them being like hey so like what other interests do you have like i just I literally cannot imagine them in a room having a conversation i have this with like a lot of like pop stars too mm. i'm like because when i see that people have like regular friends that are like not in the industry but they're why they're like really really famous i'm like what do they sit around and talk about because they can't sit around and talk about like Taylor Swift's success. I mean, maybe they talk about like Game of Thrones or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's like I at the end of the day, I guess it's all because I mean, like we live. You know, like you know, Leslie Jones had that whole series. Like every time there was a Game of Thrones episode, she would like yell at the TV. So it's like celebrities; they're right. just like us. They're just like us. I do forget that. I just like celebrity relationships. Just really. What do you think Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles talk about? Oh, you mean the as I said, the only lesbian relationship I don't support. Um, I think that they do a lot of nonverbal communication. Mm. I think they both like sit and read next to each other with like just their pinkies touching. They do, they do like the he, like, Girl Scout he, hand squeeze. Yeah, and then they like they like turn and look at each other and just sort of like nod mm. or like so- exhale and just like shake their heads and be like, yeah. Poor poor Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, oh my god, poor Jay- Jason Sudeikis. See, that's the thing though, is that he is verbose. Mm. He is, he is, there's words, there's so many words that are brilliant. I'm not saying that Harry and Olivia aren't brilliant. I'm just saying that the, their communication styles are different. Mm-hmm. Jason needs someone that can just boom, 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 banter right back at him. I feel like that's the case bing, with like bang, a lot boom. of like male comedians is that like they're always on it. Oh my god, not to call myself a male comedian, but literally i you are (laughs) unfortunately i was seeing someone briefly and she ended it over text because she said i quote do too many bits amazing (laughs) the the problem that everyone in america faces every day doing too many bits either yourself or you're either you either here's the here's the other pandemic yeah in the world too many bits. You either are doing them too many or you're doing too many yourself or you are friends or dating someone who does too many. And it's a constant dance between yeah. how do we contain this? How do we moderate this? I see I I'm on the side of bits. I don't I don't think it's a problem. I think people need to get right. I think people need to do more bits. I think the people who are uncomfortable with bits are the problem. Okay. Yes. And also, <laughs> <Fuck off. laughs> okay, you literally can't say fuck off. I just know bit. <laughs> Zach, I love bits. Megan does incredible bit. Okay, fuck off. no. The thing is though, is like I, you are someone mm. based on our 
storied past in liberal arts school. Yeah. <laughs> um, do, who, by the way, Zach and I bonded over, you did a bit. Oh my God. We yeah. We, oh my I, God. We were watching Eyes Wide Shut. We were watching a clip from Eyes Wide Shut in our Kubrick class, I know, just set us both on fire. <laughs> and you turned to me and we're sitting next to each other and we kind of knew of each other. But, yeah, you we know, were like we acquaintances like, at that point. Yeah, yeah. And you draw two lamps to match the lamps on screen and eyes wide shut. Right. And you write, haha, titty lamps. I think I talked about this on your other podcast. Oh, okay, my other podcast, but, like, it doesn't exist anymore. But yeah. Okay. But I was like, this bit has bonded us. This is incredible. Yeah. Zach is hilarious. But something I, I also would like to say is that you are not a person that's always doing bits. You can, you can drop into real emotion and have a real emotional conversation. Where I think the pandemic mm. is, is like when people are constantly doing bits and they're always like, I'm, I'm like raising my shoulders. Like they're always like up here, yeah. like above their heads and they never drop in to be a real person for one second. Like it gets exhausting when people are avoiding like truth and intimacy and, and messiness by being like, actually, I'm always doing bits and I don't care and I'm so hilarious and nothing can touch me. Yeah. Like, just, like, I'm always, like, a quirky, quirky little freak. Right, yeah. but there's emotion. There's emotion behind. No, no, I'm I'm saying that, like, that's the annoying thing, is when somebody is, oh, like, yeah. I'm just, like, a... I'm always a quirky little freak. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, and, you know, those people, I wish, I, I, I wish them the best, and I wish that they are able to find somebody to match them at that level. Um, but I'm also, like... Sorry to get real for a second. Sometimes I am afraid that I'm that person, that I'm I'm using I am always afraid. using humor to to cope with like actual real stuff. Oh, of course, and sometimes you have to. But the thing is that you the fact that you just said I'm always afraid, mm. like there's that checking mechanism there <laughs> that I think some people don't have. Like I think it's like it's more of like it gets dangerous when it operates on like a level where there's there's not that awareness. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, I also fear that as well. And also, like, there's this thing. Here we go. I mean, honestly, here yeah. we go. There's this, this like, not apathy, but like, people, people see it as like sad or like not interesting to be earnest and authentic. Mm. And I think that like, I'm always doing bits to like, to to seem cool and to be like, I don't, I like, like avoid being authentic. It's it's like it's like that levels of like irony. Yeah. It's like it's like being being earnest isn't ironic enough right, like right, it's right. like but sometimes comedy is like truth most directly mm -hmm. and so it is very powerful in that way but other times it's like avoidance and sometimes we need those coping mechanisms but like you can't always be coping <laughs> boom mic drop uh, that's my <laughs> abc always be coping always be coping oh, that's like the uh, subtitle of this episode yes always be coping and that's what dylan is doing yeah Dylan it, always coping through his, never through living. his art through through his uh forced relationship with Elle Fanning He's coping. Do, do you have anything else to say about the 2011 film we bought a zoo or should we should we wrap the freak up I think we should wrap the freak up I think that's really all I have to say Hell I might yeah. have to rewatch <laughs> you don't please you don't <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna force other people to watch yes and that is that will bring me joy you should force uh your gf to watch the film. Yes, I, I, I've been trying. I texted her last <laughs> night and she's like, I feel like you've been watching this movie for three days. Like, <laughs> how, like how are you still watching this movie? Oh my God. Um, yeah, let's let's get her opinions. We'll do a sequel to this episode. We'll see what she says. Hell about yeah. It. Um, okay, uh, do you have anything to plug? Just follow me on social media. I guess I'll, you know, there's some stuff I'm doing and writing and making that I'll post on there. Uh, Mpope tweets on Twitter. Megs, M-E-G-S, Pope on Instagram. Uh, subscribe to my newsletter uh, where I'm sometimes doing bits and I'm sometimes <laughs> earnest. <laughs> oh, in your in your current since I'm painfully single in your current relationship, what do you what do you say the breakdown of bits to no bits ratio wise Ooh. is? Um 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 um, I well Jess is hilarious, my, my girlfriend's and and does do bits, but they're like incredibly well placed mm. and they're more just like comments that like send me because I'm not expecting them. And I'm always like da 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 da, you know, yeah. in front of um, in front of like if we're with other people, I feel like I sometimes have I sometimes turn that on. Right. But then when we're like just chilling or like watching a show, we're very like turn the volume down, mm. like no no bits. Back to back to being like real people, not performative. Yeah, I'd yeah. say yeah, and I think that sometimes even in 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 real life, we're like okay, we're <laughs> real for a second. God, the ratio, yeah. Like if I was to put a number on it, so, um, bits are hard to quantify. I know, I know. I'd say like 
60% is like bits and silliness mm-hmm. and the rest is like vi- real, real communication and vibes. And mostly it's because we're just like tired. <laughs> we're just like, I'm tired today. This sucked at work, blah, 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 you know? Yeah. And not trying yeah. to like turn everything into a thing. Yeah. And it, 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 tra- it like changes on a dime, you know? Sometimes we're like deeply emo and then like, again, one of us says something funny and it's like, oh, like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Oh yeah! Now I'm yearning. Fuck. Uh, okay. We'll hang out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. I'm gonna do all my stuff. Um, yes. Thank you for coming on the show. This was awesome. Um, thank you to RT Coburl for the intro and outro music, and Sydney Gish for her vocals on the intro. You can find links to their work on our Twitter, which is at WePodAzoo. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Rate, review, subscribe, five stars please. Uh, Special (laughs) thanks to my friend Dylan at Adult Human Bitch on Twitter for suggesting the name We Pot a Zoo in the first place. Um, If you have the means and feel so inclined, you can go to dartmoorzoo.org.uk. That is the website uh, for the zoo that the film is based on. And uh, they are currently struggling financially due to COVID. So you can throw some money their way and uh, follow me at Zach Silverberg on Twitter and Instagram. And Megan. Why'd you come on this show? You know, why not? See you next time. (laughs) Oh my god. There's a movie called We Bought a Zoo. Guess what happens? There's a zoo for sale and it gets bought. By Matt Damon, a grieving single father in search of closure, hoping to find it in a tiger or a bear It's a film by Cameron Crowe. We bought a zoo. Buy it now so you can go home and enjoy it with your friends and family. We bought a zoo. I'll buy